The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to him and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched the leper, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. Then he said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Can you keep a secret, or are you the town crier (laughs) who has to always be the first person to share the breaking news with everyone else? It is critical that Catholic clergy learn to be circumspect in our speech. Why? Well, because the seal of the confessional is inviolable, even at the pain of death. We must carry others' sins to our graves. That reminds me of the most unique argument I ever heard for clerical celibacy. It was actually a lady from a former parish who said, I would never go to a priest for confession if that priest were married. How do I know that when he crawls into bed with his wife at night, he doesn't say, Honey, you'll never believe what I heard today. Why didn't Pope St. Paul VI mention that argument in Sacerdotalis Celibatus? By the way, I have friends who are married priests who are very holy and very humble and very wise and would never violate the seal of the confessional. In other words, priests, married or celibate, need to know how to keep a secret. And yet, there are some special moments in our lives that perhaps should stay secret, but we cannot help but share them. We see such an example in the gospel today. Jesus cleanses a leper and says, see that you tell no one anything. That is, Jesus wanted the man to keep a secret entre nos, between us. But what did he do? We read, the man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. You know, in a way, I can sympathize with the leper. Why? Well, this whole retreat is just five days of me doing exactly the same thing the leper did. How so? Well, Jesus didn't cure me of leprosy, obviously, but as a seven-year-old, he healed me. 
of something far worse by teaching me to cling to God, whom I cannot lose, and also that everything else passes away. I am so grateful for that moment of grace from the Lord, and I love to talk about it, like the leper. Every meditation you have heard or will is simply me doing the same thing the leper did, publicizing the whole matter everywhere. In other words, even though the seal of the confessional must always remain inviolate, still some intimate experiences with our Lord maybe should stay secret, but maybe also should be shared. Quite frankly, I don't have anything else to say except to talk about how Jesus touched and transformed my life, and neither did the leper. Brothers, this whole retreat can be summarized in two words, early loves, early love. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, St. John delivers the first letter of seven to his home diocese of Ephesus, and he criticizes them for forgetting their early love. That is, the people had forgotten how Jesus had initially touched and transformed their lives. That is what the leper did not want to do in the gospel. Forget that early love, that early encounter with the Lord. And that is what this retreat is really, in the end, all about. It's not really about contingent and necessary being or scripture and the sacraments or the soggy bottom boys or blah, blah, blah. It's about me telling you what Jesus did for me in a thousand different ways. And, all, and it all boils down in the end to my early love when he touched and transformed my life. If there is one takeaway from this retreat, besides Psalm 42, verse 8, deep calls on deep, I would urge you to return and remember your own early love with the Lord. How did you first encounter him and his love in such a way that it forever changed your life? Each man in this chapel, without exception, whether on this side of the altar or on that side of the altar, has experienced it. Return to it often, like a thirsty man in the desert who finds a well and drinks deeply to quench his thirst. Indeed, you will feel like the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 who met Jesus at Jacob's well and fell in love with our Lord, and she couldn't stop talking about it. Our Lord told her, The water I shall give will become like a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. During this retreat, through these meditations, you all have been drinking from my well. Now go get your own well and stop drinking from mine. But I hope you can tell, or at least begin to tell, how deep the well is. 
Brothers, I believe your vocation to the priesthood can also be found in that well. At least I did. His love for you is intimately tied to his vocation for you. Your vocation is exactly how he wants to show you how much he loves you. So go back to the well where you first encountered Christ and remember your early love. I bet that Samaritan woman often returned to Jacob's well, but without a bucket. She was there for a different kind of well water. She was there to remember her early love and her vocation to share the gospel. Brothers, go back mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually to where you first fell in love with the Lord. Drink deeply of that well water, especially when you feel lost or confused, frustrated, depressed, sad, or alone, and remember your early love. I'm not sure if you should talk about it or if you should keep it a secret. But really, what else is there to talk about? Praise to be Jesus Christ.